Thank you for listening to the KBU Evening News. This is Totality of Circumstances. This is a monthly show currently focused on covering the progress of the Police Accountability Commission, a 20-member group of community volunteers tasked with creating a new, effective, and community-driven police oversight system. This process was set in motion by Portland voters in 2020, when City Measure 26217 was overwhelmingly passed following months of protests against police brutality and impunity. My name is Sam, and this past weekend my co-host Jasmine and I spoke with the three co-chairs of the Commission's fact-finding phase, which is just now wrapping up. We covered this phase over the past several months, which included Q&A with city leaders, police brass, community groups, and other stakeholders, as well as extensive research into accountability systems across the country. In order that they're about to introduce themselves, the three co-chairs are Lavisa Lloyd, Faith Aiken, and Seema Pusseini. We spoke for about an hour, so this is an edited version, but you can find the full interview up on our show page at kboo.fm. And I guess we, we wanted to just start off by asking you each to Tell us a little about yourselves and what led you to join the uh, Police Accountability Commission. Um, My name is Lavisa Lloyd. I use she and her pronouns, and I'm a co-chair of the Police Accountability Commission, uh, this phase of work. And what brought me to the Police Accountability Commission in the first place was um, my passion for helping the community um, seek closure, find justice, um, and try to work in a, a more community-centered, community-led way uh, around the issue of police accountability. And for me, that, um, that passion and that interest comes from uh, my background. Um, I'm a mixed race person. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Black American. Um, I'm also queer and um, married to a queer person. And I spent, um, before coming to Portland, I, I spent um, some time uh, living and working in Washington, DC. And I worked at the Department of Justice there. And I spent uh, a little over three years in the Civil Rights Division um, at the Department of Justice. And I worked in uh, a section that spent a lot of time working on um, police misconduct cases. And after spending like three years working on these cases, I just saw over and over again how um, how difficult uh, these types of cases are, um, even when they rise to that level, um, and how frequently families um, and victims uh, get no closure, uh, and just how incredibly painful that is um, not to have like a a clear or meaningful um, or satisfying outcome uh, when you or your family member has been a victim of um, uh, some type of police misconduct. Um, good morning. My name is Faith Aiken. I use she her pronouns. Um, what brought me to the work? Um, I've worked in social justice spaces my whole career. Um, I'm a policy analyst and researcher. And I also have a significant disability. And in 2020, when the protests were happening in Portland, it really uh, 
as a person with a disability was like, how do I engage in these spaces? Like, what is a safe, like, it's not safe for anyone, but truly for me, it would not be physically safe. And so it planted a seed in 2020 of feeling really frustrated, like the rest of Portland and the rest of the country, but also doubly feeling frustrated that the way that civic participation was happen happening was a way that was inaccessible to me. So many of our spaces are not accessible and especially talking around police accountability, um, folks with disabilities aren't a part of that conversation. So um, that's why I'm here. I mean, we're gonna just, this is still like a love fest among the three of us. Um, we've, the last six months being co-chairs together, I think that like our text thread is like, you got this man, you're doing great. Uh, so I'm really glad to be here with CMOB and Lavisa too. So thanks for having us. My name is Seamob Husseini, he, him, his, and um, what's drawn me to this work is uh, I had no idea that I would actually be doing this uh, until the last seven years. I'm in my mid-40s right now, took a career change when I hit 40, spent a lot of my youth foundationally working within our communities in Los Angeles where I was born and raised, um, a lot of gang violence prevention, gun violence prevention work all of it grassroots, uh, none of it systemically acknowledged, you know, organized as a teenager in my early teens with a lot of, you know, with the guidance of a lot of elders in the community through the Rampart scandal and, um, you know, foundationally learning and understanding COINTELPRO and stuff like that. But when I moved up here, you know, having an organized with a, with the a lens on black liberation and its intersection with Muslim communities in LA, I saw a lot missing up here, had a lot of questions to ask, a lot of exposed communities, FBI overreach, ice raids, stuff like that. Just, and uh, that led me to seeing an opportunity and uh, 26217 was put uh, to vote. Um, and when that passed, uh, there was a lot of excitement. I was very pleased with Commissioner Hardesty and everything that they had done. Figured it's an amazing place to gather data. And, um, and also, as a representative of Muslim communities, you know, be there and inform our communities about this type of work and how important it is for us. You, you probably talk about this part a lot. Um... And so I apologize for asking you again, but where in its process is the PAC right now? Um, I know that, I mean, I just personally know that you've, you've, you've been the co-chairs for the uh, information gathering phase. Could you just give us a, a little like brief roadmap of where you're at in the process right now? Um, I'll start off and Lavisa and Simon, please help me fill in any blanks. We were nominated and commissioned in July of 2021. Uh, we began our work as the commission in December of 2021. Um, we started out with um, creating the structure of the Police Accountability Commission um, from January until the end of March. 
2022. And then April 2022 was when the three of us started as co-chairs in the fact-finding phase. Um, that has led us uh, six months um, here to October. We just wrapped up the fact-finding phase this last Thursday, um, October 17th. No, October 21st. That's right. And um, we have until June 2023 before we go to city council for approval of what we recommend. So in between now and June 2023, we will be establishing powers and duties. Um, we'll be going over really specific logistics, like where will the new oversight body be located? Where will their office be? What will the structures look like? Um, how will we take uh, complaints? What, yeah, understanding deeper structures. So from now until June, so the last um, almost year has really been kind of laying the groundwork and understanding what the problem is that we're solving for. And then from here forward is more of the design of what the future oversight system will look like. Um, so from November till June 2023 is when we'll be working on that and then bring that to city council in June 2023. It is a it is a short timeline to do the quantity of work that this commission, the Police Accountability Commission, has been tasked with. Um, so we are meeting most Mondays and Thursdays and uh, we're usually meeting virtually. It's a it's a Zoom. Um, you can find the information by Googling Police Accountability Commission Portland, um, and you'll find the website, you'll find the link, um, you can attend. We strongly encourage and would love members of the public to attend our meetings and um, show up and give us public comment uh, about their interactions with uh, the police accountability system and what they would love to see in the future. Um, and we really do think that, you know, our success is going to come from community engagement. So I just wanted to put that out there that, you know, if if the people who are listening to this um, are as interested and as excited and, uh, you know, if they have um, historical experiences, you know, that are really valuable, we would love, love, love to hear that. And we strongly encourage people to get engaged. Thanks for that, both of you. Um... One of the things that, you know, we see again and again as especially dedicated community members come in and are asked, you know, again and again in different capacities to serve the city, um, the learning curve is really steep for a lot of people. I know you came all came in with your own lived experience and some have more formal legal experience with that stuff, um, but it it can seem really hard for people, especially because Portland has, you know, the policing, you know, globally has some commonalities, but Portland has a really unique history um, around uh, its own development um, and its own relationship with the police force. Is there anything in particular that has come up that's been really kind of surprising to you all as you've learned um, in this fact-finding fact phase or not surprising? One of the barriers that was that really stood out from talking about with city of Portland's experts was just how complex um, and opaque the accountability system is in Portland. And it is a winding path. If you Google like police accountability system, Portland, you'll find us, but there's not like a flow chart that you can see from start to finish of what happens if you file a complaint. Um, 
And that I think a lot of people know that if you're if you understand policing in Portland, this is something that most people know. I think one thing that I was really surprised about was it's something that pretty much everyone agreed on that the system is confusing and opaque. Um, you know, we talked to police chief Lavelle, we talked to Mayor Wheeler, uh, we talked to the Mental Health Alliance. Um, it was down the board, everyone could acknowledge that this is a confusing, fractured, pieced together system. And so um, while that was something we all sort of like anecdotally knew, it was really helpful to hear from multiple experts who I would say have very different political interests um, in policing could all confirm the same thing that what we currently have is really confusing. That's exactly like my point as well. Um, it's not necessarily surprising for me um, uh, being in the role of an advocate a lot for those that have fall into the system, but it is surprising uh, for me that a lot of people are not aware how intentionally designed uh, the confusion is. And it's in uh, a lot of, lot of, uh, lot of redundancies that are built in there that would create a confusion and a, and a confusing process to accountability. Um, so, which is the reason why uh, this bill was so clearly presented as a necessity and it was overwhelmingly passed. Uh, at a group level, I was really pleasantly surprised by how um, how much in agreement the members of the Police Accountability Commission itself were regarding our values and how important following those values was going to be for us as we move forward and as we began to create the structure of the new police oversight system. Um, our values, you know, our equity and inclusion, anti-racism, harm reduction, transparency and trustworthiness, community-centered, and effectiveness. And those are the um, criteria that we're going to be checking our future decisions against as we make them. Um, we're a consensus decision-making body. We, we use modified consensus decision-making. And we really work very, very hard to get to a place of consensus about everything that we do, about every decision, about every major decision that we make. Um, we really are looking for that. So I think I've been extremely impressed by the fact that um, everyone who has shown up to work on the commission is really committed uh, to making sure that we don't recreate the hierarchies um, that have created uh, such a complex and opaque police accountability system in the first place. So we feel like that that commitment really starts with us, that commitment to anti-racism, that commitment to uh, effectiveness and to being community-centered, um, that, that has to start with us and the way we do our work. When she showed up at the PAC, uh, Commissioner Hardesty alluded to how quickly the political winds had changed. I think you've made a really good case for the the path that the PAC has taken so far so that this process can um, produce something of, of value for Portlanders. 
But do you see any tension between this long timeline and the very strong demands that were put forward by the community in 2020? It's basically trying to create a process that was missing uh, and unaccounted for over 20 years, which is accountability and uh, proper oversight. You can't have, and it's proven, you can't have police investigating themselves, current or former. Um, you're not going to get uh, uh, the results of accountability. It's tried and true uh, to be able to understand that, which is the reason why it was overwhelmingly passed by Portland. There's over 80% of voters to be able to say that we need a new process that's civilian run. I know that there's been a recent uh, shift in the winds from 2020. And I think, as you mentioned, Sam, and alluded to that, um, maybe even some regret as to how quickly um, uh, things uh, moved from 2020 to now, and that for some they may feel that it's it, it been radical. I think I don't think we should sit in that. I think we sit in a process that definitely looks for just fair and transparent um, uh, accountability uh, in systems, and hopefully we don't have to uh, be part of that uh, political regret. For families of someone who has not come home after an interaction with the police, this is not a, a flavor of the month issue. This is something that they'll live with every day for the rest of their lives. And I want to give credit to the members of the community who came out and peacefully protested night after night after night in 2020, um, despite uh, the violence that they received um, at the hands of law enforcement. And uh, I, I, I was there, I was out there, I got tear gassed while peacefully protesting. And um, it's hard to forget uh, something like that. And I think that that has been an experience that so many people have had at this point. So um, I, I think for so many of us, the lived experience of this is really deep in our bodies in a way that um, makes it impossible ever to forget. Uh, I will say um, if the makeup of the city council is different next year, um, that certainly will impact us. And, you know, we will adjust as necessary, but uh, Commissioner Hardesty in particular has shown such enduring support for the work of the Police Accountability Commission. And um, I, I would be remiss not to commend her for her support and the phenomenal amount of work that she has done to make sure that um, Portland can be a leader around the issue of police accountability, and Portland should be a leader around the issue of police accountability. I think that Portland um, deserves to have a functional system going forward. I would love to see Portland be a leader on this nationally. When it comes to any question of constitutionality, there are layers that go from the federal government to the state level to the city. Um, and it seems to me that there are some things that are going to be really challenging in terms of breaking down some of the barriers uh, and increasing transparency and, and stuff like that. Is there anything in particular that you think um, is 
going to be a challenge before the commissions uh, that you're working towards that your proposals might be able to ameliorate a little bit? Um, I mean, there's so many complex layers. And I think, um, you know, one of them is the interaction with state standards and state statutes. Um, so recently the commission on statewide law enforcement standards in Oregon came up with sort of their proposed uh, discipline standards uh, across the state of Oregon. And if those standards are lower than the discipline standards that we end up recommending, um, potentially the standards that we recommend to police accountability in Portland would only be held to those Oregon adopted standards. So there are a lot of um, intersecting, like deep knotted um, policy issues uh, between, as you mentioned, federal and state, county, and then city. Um, so as commissioners, I think the way that we have tried to approach that is um, we are trying to gain as much political will within the city of Portland, trying to design a system that really holds police accountable here. Um, and once we get to that step, um, you know, with that political will, it's it's also then packaged up to um, statewide lobbyists to say, listen, like, here's what we've come up with. These are the standards and here's how we found them. Um, here's how it is informed by community, informed by experts, informed by research, um, because that is not the same model that the statewide standards were created. And so our hope is to really bring them along with us. Like Portland can be a leader in uh, police accountability within the state. So I think that's, um, that's our hope. I don't know if that will be our reality, um, but yeah, it's really complex. And when we talk to other jurisdictions, the same um, complexities came up. Uh, you know, I talked to Austin, Texas, and there's some really progressive things happening around police oversight in Austin, but they are still bound by the state law of the state of Texas. And those can be directly oppositional. So that's a political fight that we will have to, you know, one political fight at a time. Um, that's one that we know will be coming. Um, but hopefully, I think that's why you know, not just city and county elections are important, but our upcoming statewide election is really important for us. We need to have a strong state government that will support the leadership of the city of Portland um, adopting this new accountability commission. Um, so I think that that's an important consideration as we think about who we're voting for is um, where are we going to garner political support, not just within the city. Um, I think Commissioner Lloyd mentioned um, how important the city council election is that's upcoming, um, particularly around policing. And I think likewise, um, the statewide election that's upcoming is really vital to the um, implement, to be able to implement this work um, in the coming years. It could be potentially really scary to have four years um, with no political support at all um, around these types of issues. Is there anything that we haven't talked about uh, that you would like to highlight or that you'd like to discuss before we move to a close? One thing of note, I, there is so much 
speaking as a resident of Portland, there is so much mistrust and frustration as a community that we're experiencing. And, um, you know, the 20 of us, we are volunteers. We live in neighborhoods in Portland. We're your neighbors. We're a diverse group. Um, we are majority uh, Black, Indigenous, people of color. We represent a lot of Portland. And I think it's important to note that of as we talk about police accountability and we talk about our interactions with the city of Portland, that, that the systems are broken, um, I think is something that a lot, most people will acknowledge. Um, and our participation as volunteers um, can be limited by that broken system. Uh, but I, and I think, uh, you know, three years ago, almost, no, two years ago when um, Commissioner Hardesty brought 26217, um, she really laid out a strong vision for a way that community members can um, put into practice um, their frustration to find a solution. And so I, I guess as we transition into what listeners can do is it's inviting people to participate um, in our conversations. <clears throat> you know, we've talked about, pardon me, public comments so much, and it sounds really formal. Um, and it, it can be intimidating to be on Zoom and not see people and be like, what am I giving comment to? But truly, we really, it is meaningful and it helps inform our decisions. Um, and as neighbors and volunteers and community members, um, we're not elected. I mean, we're appointed, but we're not elected officials. We're not being paid by the city of Portland. Um, our political interests are really transparent. Um, and so I think um, in saying all of that is please come and talk to your neighbors. You know, um, while it's a really formal setting, we, we would really appreciate hearing from community on issues around policing in areas that we just may not have um, sight on. We may not understand. Um, Sima pointed out like how involved many of us are in these social justice spaces, but there are a lot of people who don't even know that they get to have an opinion on policing. And we wanna hear from, from folks like that too. Um, we need your help. <laughs> um, the work that the commission is doing is the direct result of 82% of Portlanders voting yes on the real police accountability measure in 2020. So if you voted yes on that and you're wondering, hey, whatever happened with that, it's happening. The work is being done right now. The work that the commission is doing uh, is the, the first step towards creating that new civilian oversight board. Um, and we really want to hear from you. So uh, feel free to email us directly with you know, questions or comments or concerns at policeaccountability at portlandoregon.gov. Um, uh, also, please show up for public comment. Um, we have it every single meeting. Uh, we meet most Mondays and Thursdays from 7 to 9 p.m. and public comment usually falls towards the end of that time. Um, and I believe that we will have our first community engagement event on November 3rd. Um, to learn more, check out the website. Again, you can find us by Googling Police Accountability Commission Portland, and um, it will bring up our, our, our website with links to everything and a lot more information.
So we need your help. We need community engagement. Um, the PAC success really will come from being a community-driven process in which members of the public make their voices heard. That if you can't make it to the end of the call, um, and uh, it's uh, you, you have difficulty uh, uh, being able to find accessible ways. Uh, there's also a, a survey monkey form that we put out. Um, you know, it asks what's your name. You can use a pseudonym if you'd like or whatnot. Uh, but um, at the same time, please provide public comment. We want to be able to make this accessible as much as possible. But public comment is going to be incredibly important, especially moving on to the following phase. Thank you all so much for uh, um, talking with us today and um, writing really thoughtful answers and information for our listeners about this process. Um, so we've been speaking today with the three co-chairs of the fact-finding phase of the Portland Police Accountability Commission, uh, Faith Aiken, Seema Busseini, and Lavisa Lloyd, as well as Austin Foster, the Community Engagement and Communications Coordinator. Thank you all so much for being with us today. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much. Again, you can find the full version of this interview on our show page at kboo.fm, and it includes some more personal background and discussion of the Commission's findings so far. Please check it out. The Commission's next meeting will be virtual this Thursday, October 27th at 6.30 p.m., and they will also be hosting a community listening session on November 3rd. This has been Totality of Circumstances for October 2022. Tune in again on November 22nd and the fourth Tuesday of every month after that at 5.30 p.m. right here on 90.7 FM, KBOO Portland, your community radio station.